Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. So we are in week two of a sermon series that we've call, we're calling Community. And this series is important because it really highlights something that is a key component of being a United Methodist, believe it or not. See, back uh, a long, long time ago, the founder of the, the Methodist movement, uh, his name was John Wesley. And if you're familiar with his story, he was an Anglican priest. And he was in, in England and preaching there and trying to reach people with the love and grace of Jesus Christ. And he realized that there was something going on. There, there, there was a, a disconnect between those in England and the church. And, and because he, he understood this, he, he started to try to gather people together. And he would gather people together in smaller groups. And these smaller groups were important because they allowed them to, to be close with somebody else and allow each other to support one another as they grow in faith. This is called, they were called, uh, uh, they were called, um, boy, bands. They were called uh, small groups. They were called these, these fellowships that gathered together. And, and in 1739, he put together these general rules that, that we've talked about before in worship for these, these general societies to, to follow. And you may be familiar with those rules of, of just simply do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. And, and the purpose of these groups were to help support one another. Another thing that I, I love, if you take a look at the general rules, that, that it says that the purpose of these general societies was to help each other flee from the wrath to come. So that is kind of the, the, the background of, of who we are as United Methodists. And I think as a church and as we've grown here in Western society, we've lost track of that. We've lost the purpose of, of what it means to gather together, to be in community. Yeah, we have our, our Sunday school classes on Sunday mornings, and we have our children gathering on Wednesday nights. We have our youth gathering together. But overall, we've lost the importance of what it means to be a part of community, what it means to be a part of a, a smaller group to help support one another as we grow in faith. Last week, we started off talking about showing up. You know, showing up is probably 80% of the most important thing that we can do when we start to grow in our faith, isn't it? You know, if you don't show up, you're not going to grow in your faith. If you don't take opportunities to, to be there, to be present in, in each other's lives, we miss out on a lot 
of opportunities. If we fail to show up, then we have the possibility of not seeing God move in our midst. And that leads us to the second part of our series. And what we're talking about today is that we must show up and we also must pursue God. See, if God isn't our focus, then we tend to sway towards one thing or another. You know, the, the world and what the world tells us is important. Those are the things that, that we hold on to and we fail to hold on to what God calls us to hold on to. When I was a freshman in high school and between my freshman and sophomore year, there was a band that's still around now called U2. And they came out with an album that basically changed the landscape of popular music called The Joshua Tree. You may remember about last year they were celebrating 30 years of this album. They had a big tour where they played everything. And man, that was such an awesome concert. But anyhow, uh, as, as this album came out, there was one song on the album that was called, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. And this song was all about searching. And if you listen to the lyrics, you can see how Bono, who, who wrote the lyrics, he was talking about searching it through other people, through things. He even talked about searching for and through God, but the repeat and the chorus that kept coming over and over again was that I still haven't found what I'm looking for. When Bono was asked about this song, he had these words to, uh, to share about why he wrote a song like this. And he said that the music that really turns me on is either music that is running towards God or running away from God. It's either music that's running towards God or running away from God. And you can hear that in their lyrics. And, and U2 is not the only group that has done that. If you listen to music, even today, you can hear songs that's either running towards God or running as far away from God as they can. There's this drive that we have to pursue or we have to seek something. Musicians aren't the only ones who ask these questions. C.S. Lewis was quoted in saying, human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. Human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God to make him happy. So what is the advantage for us as followers of Jesus Christ to pursue God? First of all, I love that word pursue. I think pursue gives a, a much more active uh, stance on what we are called to do as believers of Jesus Christ. You know, some translations, they use the word seek, but whenever we are pursuing, it means that that is our 
driving force. That anything and everything that we do is, is set to pursue God and what God is calling us to do. Our scripture for this morning, it talks about seeking God. And it's one verse this morning. It's from Jeremiah 29, verse 13. And I invite you to follow along on the screen or follow along in your Bibles as we hear this short word from God this morning. When you search for me, yes, search for me with all your heart, you will find me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you please pray with me? Oh God, as we continue to look at what it means to be community, as we continue to look and as we continue to form our identities as ones in whom you dwell and delight, as we continue to try to seek and understand who you are, we pray that you allow these words to guide us and to lead us so that we may draw strength in who you are. So God, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer. Amen. So what does it take to pursue God? You know, we, ha we have this promise from, from Jeremiah that when we search, yes, search with all of our hearts, when we pursue God, we will find God. Well, I think the very first thing that we must remember when we are pursuing God is first that we must surrender. Now, that's one of those things that, that doesn't sound like it goes along with, with, with what we're talking about, does it? When we pursue things, we don't surrender. When we pursue something, we go full force and we try to, to get to what we are pursuing or we try to get to where we want to go. But I think as followers of Christ, when we pursue Christ, we must stop and we must surrender. We must surrender those things that, that hold us back from pursuing God, for, from knowing who God is. We must stop and, and allow God to, to guide us and to lead us. You see, the words of, of Jeremiah says that when we seek for God with our whole heart, there, there's not much room or there's not room for anything else but that desire to know who God is. The psalmist put it this way. In Psalm 42, verse 2, he says, that my whole being thirst for God, for the living God. See, when we take on that stance of pursuing God, we allow everything else to go so that it is God that fills us, that leads us, that, that gives us the strength that we need so that we can listen and hear what God has to say to us. Our second part of, of what it means to pursue God is that we must ask questions. 
My friends, God is big enough for our questions. That when things are, are rough, when things are, are terrible, when things don't seem to be going the way that we want them to go, we must ask God questions. And those, those questions help us live into that surrender. You know, if you have kids, grandkids, you know what it's like to hear questions. And you know what it feels like whenever you try to give an answer to a question, but it's never good enough. See, we do that with God, don't we? We, we want to ask God questions. We want to try to hear what God has to say, and sometimes God gives us answers, and those answers just aren't good enough. Or, or we don't want to listen to the answers that God has given us. See, the questions that, that we need to ask to fully surrender and to fully allow us to pursue God is first questions about how to know God better. You know, sometimes we need to just stop and ask questions, God, how can I know you more? How can I be a part of what you are calling to be? How can I make sure that I am living a life where I'm not saying that I'm God, but you are. Questions that we need to ask are questions on how we can better serve others. Because when we start to focus our lives on who we are and we fail to see the people around us who are in need... We, we become even more self-centered. But God wants us to ask those questions on how we can help our neighbors more than ourselves. That's why it's important, even in times like today, when we hear of disasters on the Carolina coast, when we, when we remember that even a year ago, people in the, in the Gulf area down in Texas, they are still recovering from Hurricane Harvey, you know, we should be asking every day, God, how can we serve others? The questions that we need to ask is, how are, can we as the church challenge oppressive theology and doctrine? Now, this one gets a little sticky because when we start questioning what it is that we believe and how we as a church can be Christ's hands and feet and say that we know that people are being oppressed in the name of Jesus Christ. If we can't stand up to that oppression, if we can't stand up to how others are being treated, then we're not pursuing God. And finally, we ask questions so that we can bask in the wonders of the Lord. You know, I, I share time and time again about how I very much love the uh, drives that I, I take from home to the church or back the other way at night whenever it's late at night. And, and I look around and I bask at the either sunrises in the morning or, or sunsets at night. And I just, just sit there and I marvel. And I say, God, you love us so much that every day 
you give us something amazing to look at. And when we look at the nature around us, we see who you are. And we give thanks for those opportunities. Finally, when we pursue God, it gives us the ability to move forward. It gives us ability to see what's ahead of us. I took this picture in 2016 uh, in front, uh, close to our house. And uh, I, I remember taking this picture because I looked behind me to make sure that there, nobody was there. So I just put the car in park. That, that's not what I do. I do this. But I put the car in park, and, and I stepped out of the car, and I took a picture right when the light turned green. And I have this on my Twitter profile. But it is a reminder to me of what God calls us to do. God calls us to, to move forward into, into life and, and not to do a U-turn to go back to where we came from. See, we, we like to do that, don't we? In our, in our own lives, we like to go back to, to where we came from. We, we have something in life that may be a, a keystone in, in how we grew up in our faith or, or something that has helped us understand God in the past. But what I know about God is that he meets us in the future. God meets us as we continue to move forward. Now, if you remember and you think about the Old Testament, they would set up altars or they would set up tributes to God for things that he did in the past. And that's great. We must always remember God's faithfulness in the past. But God works and shares and loves and encourages us as we move forward in faith. Another one of my favorite authors is Max Licato, and heard him say uh, this quote about cars. It was a reminder that there's a reason the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror, because your future matters more than your past. We look through the windshield. We look towards the future of what God has for us instead of worshiping what was in that rearview mirror because God is there in front of us, guiding us and leading us forward. To throw on another sports metaphor, um, the great hockey player Wayne Gretzky. He talked about playing hockey and how he would always skate to where the puck is going, not where it has been. You know, if you watch either even baseball or, or sports or, or, or football or, or hockey, the players are running routes and they're not going to where the ball is right now. They are going to where the ball is going. To be, or they're going to where the puck is going to be. They're living in the future because that is where the promise is. That is where the glory is. That is where God is calling 
us to move. To go back to our passage in Jeremiah 29, we see that the good news that God gives us a promise that we are to continue. Let's take a look at that one more time. Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, When you search for me, yes, search for me with all your heart, you will find me. But, but God gives us a promise after that in verse 14. God continues and says, I will be present for you declares the Lord, and I will end your captivity. I will give you from all the nations and places where I have scattered you, and I will bring you home after your long exile, declares the Lord. My friends, that's one of the great things about being in community. Sometimes our lives feel like that we are in captivity. Sometimes our lives feel like that we are in exile, that, that we can't see the end in sight. But as John Wesley promised his uh, general societies, and as God more importantly promises us is that if we pursue God, if we pursue God together in community with one another, we have this hope that through all of life's challenges, through all of life's difficulties, God will always be there. Let us pray. Oh God, as we continue to look at how to live in community with one another, we pray that you continue to guide us and lead us. We pray that you help us to, even on those days that we do not want to get up, to show up, to be present to you. And God, we need to know that throughout Scripture we have these stories of people asking questions, looking through the Psalms, looking through the disciples of the New Testament. We always are to ask and listen for your answers so that we may live out that promise that we hear from Jeremiah, that while we're in exile, while we have difficulties, while we have troubles in our lives, you are there, guiding us, leading us, comforting us, giving us strength so that we may share that strength with others. So, Lord, we lift up that strength in the name of the one who loves us, Jesus our Lord. Amen.